8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. So much to talk about uh, with uh, Advocate Pansy Tlakuna. I have a thought that as the information regulator really gathers steam and a lot of what they've uh, what they put forward uh, becomes enacted into law, uh, we'll, we'll see the impact it's going to make. I, I think it will absolutely do just that. So we'll have a podcast of that big hitter chat with her up tomorrow morning at, uh, at 9 o'clock. Check it out, safm.coza. But as always, find it on my timeline. I will... I will certainly tweet it as well. I'll certainly tweet what we're talking now uh, about, which is the, it says the old South African flag. I'm going to change it to say <clears throat> the apartheid South African flag because that's the best way I can describe it. Apartheid South Africa's flag, those three colors, we all know about it. Ever so often, someone comes up in some organ- some space and they display the flag and uh, promote it and what it stands for. And uh, some people are offended, others tolerated. Well, most people are offended, I would think. Some people are offended and tolerated, others are offended, and they don't really want to tolerate it. What's the story with it? What's the legal position around the apartheid South African flag? I know the Nelson Mandela Foundation in particular, they certainly are pushing for it to be banned completely saying it undermines and I'm paraphrasing nation building and, and, and promotes hate speech and therefore is inconsistent with South Africa's constitution. But let's find out what it really means. I've got two guests who are going to give us their thoughts on this. Uh, Ernst Ruiz is with me, the deputy CEO of uh, Afri Forum. Ernst, good chatting to you. Hello. Hi, good evening. It's good to be on the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for your time. And Karen Morn is with the legal journalist who writes for uh, Tiso Blackstone. That gets quoted just about everywhere in the country, I would think, Karen. Appreciate your time. Hi. Okay, we're going to get to Karen just, just now. Uh, let's then start from your side, Ernst. What, what's your take as Afri Forum on this debate about, or the push rather, for the apartheid South Africa flag to be banned? Well, I think as a starting point, uh, Douglas Murray, who's a commentator and journalist in Britain, made a comment uh, about freedom of speech. He's also an activist for freedom of speech, and he said that the problem with, with defending freedom of speech is that you never get to do it on the grounds that you would have hoped for. And this entire case is exactly like that, uh, because speech that everyone agrees with, with or speech, speech that everyone likes is... Is not there's no need to defend it, but it's when we start talking about really controversial things that the issue of freedom of speech really comes in. And for Afri, uh, as far as Afri Forum is concerned, we do not display the old South African flag. We don't have any particular loyalty for the flag. We don't have any particular love for the flag, and we actively encourage people not to display the flag. Uh, when people show up with the old South African flag at, at events organized by Afri Forum, we ask them to put it away. If they refuse to do so, we ask them to leave. But despite all of that, we do believe that that there's a, there's a fine line between freedom of speech and hate speech. And simply displaying a picture or a flag does not comply with the definition of hate speech. Hate speech. And while we would certainly concede that it's offensive, that many people would regard the display of the flag offensive, we have to acknowledge that under a democracy where freedom of speech is protected, uh, people do have a right to say things and display things that other people find offensive. That is not necessarily hate speech, and therefore we don't think the flag should be banned. Okay, but, but let's get this right. I mean, 
something that, that upholds an ideology that caused so much hurt to so many people, the majority of people in our country, and effectively has put us, uh, we're seeing the effects of it even now. What, even if people don't mean ill by just just waving that flag is in fact a vote for that ideology. I mean, that's where I would see it. Well, you could certainly argue that, and I think what's important to mention, if, if that's the point, is then there's the fact that, the flag, that people are free to wave or display the flag if they wish, and the fact that so few people do it actually indicates to us how far we have progressed. Uh, because I, even among the white African uh, population in South Africa, I would say that less than 1% of them um, actually want to display that flag publicly. So, so the point is this, that if you, ban, if you ban symbols, then you do not necessarily ban the idea. So if people have those views, banning the flag would not mean that, that those people would simply change their views. You are only going to push them underground. But if you allow people to display this, uh, such symbols, then at least you will be able to identify them. And if someone displays something like that at his house or at his business, then you know if you have a problem with that symbol, then you would know not to do business with that person. But but simply banning it does, is not going to change that person's views, and it's not going to change that person's inclination to act on his or her views. The only difference is that you would not be able to identify or you would not be able to know what his or her views are. Okay, so to confirm then, AfriForum's stance is you don't encourage it, you don't encourage the apartheid South African flag. You you don't like it, if I can understand. And, and, and correct me when I say this and I'm wrong. You don't like mm-hmm. it at all. You think it stands for all the wrong things in a democratic South Africa. But you don't want it banned. Yet you discourage people from using it when they may come to one of your events. Have I, have I got it all right? Yes, that's more or less correct. Why, why would you discourage people using it then at your events then, if it's, if it's not banned? Well, because... Because we believe in freedom of speech. Uh, we believe that there are, there are a lot of things that we find uh, that different people, including AfriForum, uh, would find offensive, One that people could find offensive, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it should be hate speech. The issue of... The, the, the problem is this. The moment... And you could make a very strong case as to, from a, a philosophical point of view or a human dignity point of view, why the South African flag, the old South African flag, should be banned. But once you do that, you need to be consistent. And then you will have all sorts of groups popping up using the exact same arguments as to why other symbols should be banned. So the, 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 you could use the same argument to say that the British flag should be banned in South Africa uh, due to what has happened in South Africa's history. And I don't think that we would move forward by, by saying that the British flag should be banned. Okay. You could, make the same, you could make the same argument about the flag of the South African Communist Party because of all the atrocities that have been committed under the banner of communism. And once you start doing that, you, you reach a slippery slope that could quite easily lead to some form of totalitarianism. Okay, although with the, with the SACP, I mean, there could be communism in other parts of the world, but not for the South African Communist Party and the atrocities in this country. I mean, that's just my understanding. But let's bring in uh, then Karen Morn, who's got another thought on this one, and, and, and that's why we call it the big picture, because we certainly... We certainly want to get uh, the big picture. She's a legal journalist, but she writes for Tiso Blackstone, as I said often, gets quoted just about everywhere. Good for you, Karen. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. Karen, what's your take on A, that apartheid South African flag, and B, this ongoing debate um, about the moves to ban it coming from no less uh, an organization 
like the Nelson Mandela Foundation. I think what's fascinating is that that application that was brought by the Nelson Mandela Foundation has now involved government, the Justice Department is involved. The South African Human Rights Commission has also um, gotten involved. And he basically said that under the current legislation that exists, um, the flag itself uh, cannot be qualified as hasty. Now, that's the promotion, uh, promotion of equality and prevention of unfair discrimination acts. But they're proposing an amendment to that legislation so that it doesn't just apply to offensive words that are used to denigrate people according to race, gender, ethnicity, those kind of things. They're saying that um, there needs to be amendments to, those, uh, to that legislation for it to include symbols such as the flag. And they're essentially arguing that the flag could be categorized as hate speech. What is interesting is that government is actually supporting that view. And in addition to acknowledging that the legislation needs to be changed to incorporate um, you know, symbols, and they, they describe the South African flag as being something very akin to the swastika, um, that is something that carries mm, emotional pain for the majorities of majority of South Africans who suffered very gravely under apartheid in all sectors of society. They're saying that um, the, the new uh, hate speech legislation, which is very controversial and hasn't been passed yet, that that should also um, that that will also include um, symbols that could be construed as as causing harm or hurt, um, and that the flag could then be under that ambit, and people who display it gratuitously could face a possible conviction for hate speech and possible uh, criminal sanction, including prison sentences. So there's a huge, there's kind of a huge um, legal debate about this. I think it's really important that it happens. It's going to be heard in April next year. But I think as a nation, as a country, we're dealing with race issues. This flag matter is symbolic um, of, of so much more than just this issue of, of the flag and, and what it stands for. Well, I mean, are, are you, do you buy that the thoughts that's come from, from Afri Forum's point of view, from Ernst Wirtz, that, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you ban something, it goes underground, uh, and, and in fact, in a way, it sort of popularizes uh, that particular uh, mission of, of those people who, who subscribe to that uh, to that flag. For me, I mean, as a as a South African, when I mean, remember that this court case was birthed out of the um, Black Monday protest, in which um, the Nelson Mandela Foundation, um, Selo Hatang, deposed to the affidavit about being on Robben Island and seeing these visuals coming out of people in two verified incidents carrying this old South African flag. Um, in a protest against farm murders and the kind of deep hurt that he, um, as a South African self, where, where, you know, as he argues it, as, as the Human Rights Commission, as government actually argues it, there's a harkening back and a nostalgia for an era in South African history where the vast majority of people were subjugated to inhumane treatment. They were denied proper education. Um, people's families were split, uh, split up. There were past laws. People died, they lost their lives um, in, in orchestrated violence at, at the hands of the security police. So when you see people proudly hoisting up that flag, which is symbolic in the eyes of so many people um, of those kind of deep hurts and oppression, um, you know, myself as a privileged white South African, um, knowing what that history emb- embodies, I feel, um, you know, I, I, I feel, you know, it's a, it's a horrible feeling. Um, and I think that. You know, I don't understand why anyone wanting to take our country forward in a democracy would want to align themselves with that. 
Um, I think the free speech aspect that the AFRI Forum is pushing for is a matter that needs to be decided by the by the courts. You know, are they going to argue that this is something that is 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 constitutionally enshrined and people should be able to align themselves with this symbol, or is this something that has so much hurt and pain attached to it that, as the Human Rights Commission argues, as government argues, it should be seen the display, the gratuitous display of it should be seen as hate speech that is aimed at causing deep hurt to, to um, sectors of our population. I would argue the whole country. And I think that that's, that's a huge issue. But I, I personally feel like if, um, you know, I know this, I, I'm not sure that I want to see an argument that says, well, you know, like racism should be outspoken, that, you know, people should be allowed or people should be mm. um, in a position to hoist that flag and be outspoken about their racism. I don't really know if, if that's an argument that I would align myself. Well, I, I must say, I, I mean, from where I come from, I tend to agree with you. The fact that we then know that person's racist, I mean, how does that change society? I mean, that's just one small aspect. And Ernst, I mean, you made the point as well uh, that if we if we allow these people to have the flag, at least then we know them. Like, So how does that ad- advance and enhance our democratic project, Ernst? Well, let me give you an example. Uh, Earlier this year, Julius Malema made a, a speech at some political rally where he, out of the blue, started lashing out against Chinese people and Asian people. And I never knew that Julius Malema was racist towards alien, uh, towards Asian people, but now that he said it, now I know it. Uh, now I know that that is the case. I think that the, the, the bigger, there's a bigger philosophical question here, and, and we have to also look at history. And the, the greatest atrocities committed in world history have always been committed by people who believe that they are doing the right thing um, and who are using state mechanisms to enforce that. And certainly no one would, uh, you would, people, no one would disagree that, that racism is wrong. But, but when you start, when your default position is, I don't like something, therefore it should be a crime then you very quickly run into a slippery slope. Okay, but I mean, look, let, let's take the debate of, of, uh, of Julius Malema about whether he's racist or he's, or he's uh, slurs uh, allegedly towards people of Asian descent is, is racism. And that's a, that's a whole debate in its own right, okay? But there's a difference between now you know, right, versus doing something about it. You're suggesting if someone has been racist, at least now we know, Allowing them to continue being racist isn't that problematic. And so I want to get calls, but let's just give me, give me your thoughts on that first. Well, that's the point I was making: is that the moment you start you start banning things because you dis, you dislike it or, or because it's offensive, you very quickly run into a slippery slope. The point I was trying to make was from a commercial perspective or a business perspective. Um, now there was a, a big debate also in the U.S. about. Uh, uh, different aspects of hate speech and people discriminating through their businesses. But the point is, let's use the South African context. If you were trying to run a business, if you have a bar or a pub and you are a racist and you display that flag, then you are effectively discouraging people from doing business with you. There are some people I don't want to do business with. And if they are allowed to express their views that I find offensive, then I know who they are and I know that I don't want to. But that's almost like killing a mark like the plague. I'm just suggesting if they're racist, if we can't change them, let them just be racist. But we're not going to allow them to be racist publicly. And that's another thought. Uh, Let's get callers here. Derek from the Eastern Cape, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, Good evening, Ashraf, and good evening to your guests. Good evening, indeed. Go ahead. Your viewpoint. Yes. I'm listening to this debate by AFRI Forum, you know. 
it's really uh, talking about um, what they, what is losing sight of is the South African flag is synonymous with a crime against humanity, one of the two in the 20th century. The other one was Hitler killing six million Jews, and this one was with what, well, you know, the tip of the iceberg of what they did to the majority of our people. Now, if you go to Germany, uh, you're not allowed to use, it's illegal to use the Hitler salute. So, to be talking about as being freedom of speech, it's totally insensitive. The Nelson Mandela Foundation and so on are quite correct. There is no place for the South African flag because what it stands for. For example, I'm living in Nelson Mandela Bay, just to give you an example. And there are black people who live in a street called HF Wood Drive in 2000, mm, and they mm. complain about that. It's painful. <laughs> so to talk about, you know, it's nice. I like it because all the uh, Afriforum are doing is exposing themselves uh, who want their cake okay. and eat it. Got that. was a crime against humanity. Derek, got that. Thank you. Let's get further called before I get to Karen Moon. Michael, you're in Joburg. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello, Asaf. How are you? I'm good indeed, right? You have a viewpoint? Go ahead. My point, uh, Asaf, is uh, uh, the, the, the flag is a, a symbol of hate. I heard somebody saying you can't be termed as a, 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 a hate speech. But it's, it's worse than hate speech. It's not speech. It's a symbol that you see this, I'm going to chop you off with it. That's what the flag means. So if anybody going to lift the flag, then I can say to South Africans, you can ask yourself, maybe you can come together and say, what shall we do with that? I, I wonder how we lift it. Mm-hmm. Because it's a symbol of hate. It's like it's kind of, it's like, you know, guillotine. The guillotine was used to chop people and then it's cancelled. That no more killing a criminal with guillotine. And then here comes a man, a group of men, agreeing. They carry a guillotine. Each time they celebrate, doing bride, having a party or, or maybe watching sports. They, one, they just lift a guillotine. And then the question is, that's a symbol of Hate. Then what shall we do with you? Okay. That's the question. All right, got that. Thanks for that. That's another thought from Michael and a very interesting one as well. I want to bring in Karen Morn once again uh, on this issue. Karen, you know, perhaps the more the more the more puzzling question for me is is why why are we even having this debate now? Why was this not part of the negotiated settlement? You know, the thing is, I think is that we're sort of 24 years into democracy and a lot of the euphoria of the kind of um, Mandela era reconciliation period has worn off. We're a fundamentally unequal country. Our inequality still exists. People are in spaces where they feel that, you know, two decades on, things have not substantially changed. And there's a huge amount of anger. I mean, the, the, the and, and I think, Societally, we're trying to deal with, with massive um, kind of endemic levels of overt and very subtle racism using the law. Um, you know, the flag issue is one aspect of it, but we see, you know, government pushing through hate, slate, uh, hate speech legislation that will criminalize acts of racism, um, prejudice towards albino people, uh, transgender people, um, all, you know, disabled people, all people who are suffering, um, you know, levels of discrimination against them. There's obviously a number of cases that have made it into the news with Vicky Momberg now challenging her sentence for 
um, you know, creaming in urea linked to racist remarks that she made. And we're a society that really is, um, you know, seemingly very in a very difficult position when it comes to race relations. And how how this, in many aspects, is perpetuating this idea that we're constantly turning to the courts, um, we're turning to, um, you know, like legal mechanisms to try and resolve deep social problems. And I think the flag issue falls within that whole trajectory of, of trying to resort to courts to solve deep-seated um, social and racial inequality issues in the country. Well, it's an interesting point. Ernst, I mean, here's the thought, okay, amongst the many things that the Daphne Forum stands for and defends, why would you even waste your resources uh, fighting for, for, besides the issue of freedom of expression, which I understand, uh, but outside of that, why would you even fight for a flag that you don't believe in? Uh, well, that, I think that's the important question. Maybe just firstly, when, when the callers are speaking, there's no audio coming through to me. I don't know if we can fix that for me to be able to hear. I, I will certainly check up. My apologies for that. I'll certainly find out no, what's that's the story. No problem. Thank you. Um, no, th- that's why I used that, why I started with that quote from Douglas Murray, who said that the problem is with freedom of speech is you never get to defend it on the grounds that you would have hoped for. Uh, we have stated in our legal documents in this case that Afro Forum is a, um, a um, reluctant, partic- reluctant participant to this issue, or a reluctant respondent, rather, because Afro Forum was actually added. We didn't uh, really join this case on our own accord. It's actually a strange situation. So the Nelson Mandela Foundation uh, started this case. They went to court to apply for this or uh, to have the old South African flag banned. And then they added Afro Forum as a respondent, uh, claiming falsely that AfriForum is displaying the old South African flag. Um, and AfriForum is in fact not displaying the old South African flag. Now, sure, we could, we, so we've been added by another party, and sure, we could say, no, let's walk away. We don't want to be involved with this in any way. But AfriForum is on record from long before this uh, case started that we actively discourage people to display the old South African flag for a variety of mm. reasons. So we are on record on that, and we, we stand for the principle of freedom of speech. And we believe, we are actually saddened by the fact that uh, we believe in, in fighting for freedom of speech, we find ourselves more and more, I almost want to use the word isolated, or, or part of a very small uh, circle of organizations who, who are prepared to stand up for the principle, um, despite the fact, despite what the, how the principle is applied. And the principle is that Freedom of speech is something that should be cherished. The right of speech uh, implies that sometimes people would say or display things that other people find offensive, but that's what the right to freedom of speech is all about. Now, freedom of, there's a line between, as I said, between freedom of speech and hate speech, and we believe that you should act against hate speech, but hate speech implies that there must be some form of a call to action. Um, and simply displaying something is not hate speech. If you display the old South African flag with a message, uh, making some racist statement, for example, then it would be. But okay, that that could that could well that could well change. You see, Karen, you you want to you want to add something to to what we just said by Ernst? Well, essentially, what what Ernst has highlighted is what the court's going to have to determine because this Human Rights Commission application is going to be about this issue of can something that's a symbol or an image be construed as hate speech? Can we like change the definitions that we currently have to take ourselves up? outside of the ambit of words um, and, and make it, you know, a symbol. 
Um, and I think that, you know, what happened, unfortunately, um, and, and Apiform has sort of distanced themselves from this, but um, I remember at the time of this Black Monday, uh, you know, March, which, which sparked this litigation by the Nelson Mandela Foundation, was that some of the individuals who had the flag, um, you know, very much, I think, used utterances like, that I felt safe under apartheid. And there was a kind of reputation and a, and a soldier for that era that kind of undermined the deep these pain um, that people feel about that time. Um, but I, I think that it's going to be, the court is obviously going to have to decide on this. This is a kind of constitutional issue. And um, this is something that our country is grappling with. Um, can laws change our cultures? Can it change racist mindsets? Um, I'm not sure that it can, but I think there's more and more a push from government in terms of this idea of, of jail time um, for people uh, who are convicted of hate speech um, outside just the ambit of crime and urea crimes, which is the common law mm, um, mm. way in which people are tackled for making racist utterances. Um, and I think, you know, the Mombo case in, in particular is going to be interesting in terms of determining that. But as I said to you, this is a social issue. Um, and I'm not sure that, you know, in, a, in an urban burden justice system where we are, people are, you know, suffering all kinds of indignities um, you know, constitutional indignities in terms of rights to housing, rights to water, all those kind of things, that bringing issues of our inability to resolve um, deep-seated racism to the doors of the court and asking them to fix what is clearly a racist and divided society is necessarily the answer. Good point. Let's get uh, Magheva, who's on, uh, from, well, in Durban. Hi, welcome to the show. Okay, hi, thanks, Aisha, for taking Thank you. Go ahead. Me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, I don't know. The, the way I look at it is uh, it works against them because to, uh, for me it looks like they. It's 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 a, it means that we do not identify with with the South African uh, constitution. We are not South Africans. I think it works negative, negatively towards them. I don't know how, if I, I look that way, and it's it's not uh, it's, it's, it's it's not reasonable really. You see, because it's divisive. It makes uh, them separate from the South Africans who have their constitution. And if you, you have that flag, it means the message is, I'm not a South African, I'm somebody else. Then they can tell us who they are. Okay, that's an, I, I want to get Karen to just pick up on that. I mean, so here we are, you know, Ernst making the points about Julius Malema, what allegations of racism or what is perceived as racism against, against people of Indian or Asian origin, and that's something relatively new. Andile Inkutama today making some comments about, uh, you know, killing white people. And I see Cope, in fact, uh, want to take him to court on that. So you're having a, a different scenario of whether they, that's outright racism or whether it's hate speech. In, in the gro- broader context, whether it's the words you speak or whether it's the flag that you display, society broadly ne- needs to make a judgment call on that, isn't it? Otherwise, you'd, you'd allow society to be, what, under the guise of freedom of expression, allow it to be even further divided. Your, your thoughts on that? Well, absolutely. But, I mean, we've, our society is so extreme. There have been a number of matters in the, in, uh, in the equality court. and um, We know that the Lati Kumalo... Um, recently making um, utterances about we must do to whites what Hitler did to the Jews. Of course, you have the Penny Sparrow utterances about comparing people to monkeys. Um, obviously, the Gimombo is the one that I referenced in terms of just using the K-word. Um, and this kind of discourse um, that has crept into political life of uh, an intense racialization and a sort of threat of, of potential violence. I mean, hate speech is really, iso- uh, it's essentially about isolating a particular group 
and then threatening or inciting um, violence against them based on their particular identity, whether it is a racial identity, a gender identity, um, a, a sexual identity, and saying, you know, I want to, you know, I, I want, I believe gay people should be killed or whatever because of, you know, their sexuality. That is hate speech because I'm saying this person, because of this particular identifying aspect, be it race, gender, ethnicity, sexuality, whatever, um, is deserving of violence based on that identity. Um, and that's what's concerning. I mean, obviously, we have seen recently in the SCA there was a big um, case, the Masuka judgment involving this issue of, of, of what constitutes um, hate speech. And so this is, a, this is an area um, in legal flux. Um, and I think that it's very important that we get a greater sense of, of how this is defined and what consequences exist for it. But at the same time, we are a nation that is seething with anger. Um, and I think that as the, and we've seen these kind of rhetorics um, reiterating themselves constantly. I've, I've heard those kind of utterances um, in all kinds of contexts outside courtrooms, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know if, if criminalizing it and, and dealing with it in that manner is, is necessarily particularly helpful. Interestingly enough, Ashraf, we also see um, Julius Malema in court this, uh, this week, uh, mm-hmm. later this week, in terms of this issue of, of incitement. He was charged with incitement by the NPA for yes. inciting people to go and, and occupy land. He's challenging the Riotous Assemblies Act. Mm-hmm. Um, used to, and so this issue of like speech and what we say and what the consequences of our words are, is an important one, but do we look through the lens of, we ultimately have to look through the lens of the Constitution and say, is this actively encouraging discrimination, real hurt, real harm, real damage to particular groups on the basis of identifiers, and is that place, um, you know, justifiably, um, should it be justifiably met with the full might of the law? And that's what we're trying to work out as a nation right now. Well, there you are. Okay, let's get, let's get one last call. Zaza, go ahead from Cape Town. Hi. You know, Ashraf, it amazes me that this guy from Afroforum, you know, he forgets something that his organization did some, some, I think some few years ago. Afroforum went to court to lay a charge of his speech against Malema for singing, for, for, for singing a striking song to Wulipun, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? That is a striking song. It's like a flag mm, mm, mm. that was carried by the freedom fighters, right? So, if that is good, what he's saying makes sense. Then, I mean, us who can sing to Wulipun, then it makes sense as well. Because to us, that was our flag then. Okay, well, that, that's the point. How far, how far back do you go and what is considered acceptable? Uh, let's see with that. Zaza, thank you. Uh, Ernst, we've got 30 seconds. Just a final thought from you to wrap up. Go ahead. Well, I think, I think the easy answer to that last question is we need to say what is it, what, how do you define whether, determine whether something is hate speech. And the Velapi Kamala judgment was very significant in this way. And it's clear, according to that judgment, that for something to be hate speech, it has to be hurtful and harmful, and it has to propagate hatred, and it has to incite harm. That is why singing about killing a certain group or encouraging murder of a group based on their race uh, is hate speech, but displaying a symbol is not hate speech okay. because it doesn't comply with Got that. And Karen, in, in 15 seconds, what, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I think that ultimately it's about the court deciding whether or not the ambit of hate speech should include symbols, and I think that um, that is really going to be at the heart of this case. Interestingly enough, the government not supportive of a whole-scale ban on the flag. It says it has to be evaluated on a case-by-case basis in a criminal process, 
Um, and I think that, you know, the court is obviously going to have to grapple with that kind of argument. Okay, almost as uh, uh, telling as an election coming up in 2019. We'll certainly follow that particular story. Karen Morn, uh, appreciate your insights. Feel free to tweet further thoughts that I may not have asked you about it. I'll certainly pick it up right away. Uh, but also, legal journalist writing for Tissot Blackstar. And uh, before that, Ernst Wirtz, Deputy CEO of AfriForum. Thank you for your time, Ernst. We're going to uh, get into innovation. We can talk about the Namola app in a moment.